Welcome back to the Mind of George show. Also, episode two of our series on the talent code, this incredible book. Today, we are diving into chapter two, which explores the concept of ignition. And ignition is all about finding your passion and the inner drive that fuels your business in those hard moments. In this episode, we'll dive into what ignition means, why it's crucial for entrepreneurs like you and me to continually ignite our passion, and how you and I can both discover and fuel our own ignition. And this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I would highly go recommend you listen to part one and then come to part two. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back. We all know why we're here. We're here to talk about the talent code, and today we're going to talk about ignition. So without further ado, I'm going to dive right into it because I'll save all my stories because I have some relatable stories today based on what I've been doing for the previous three hours before hitting record on my ignition. And so today we're going to talk about ignition. So what is ignition? Ignition refers to the spark or the moment of inspiration or fascination that ignites your passion for a particular field or endeavor. Right. So that's the very scientific book answer. Let me read that again because that one confused me. Ignition refers to the spark, the moment of inspiration or fascination that ignites your passion for a particular field or endeavor. Okay. Got it. When you get bit by the itch. Okay. It's that deep curiosity and connection that propels you forward. In the previous episode on chapter one, we talked about deep practice and how it allows you to develop and master your skills, right? So your ignition is what fuels that deep practice and what starts the everlasting light in your lighthouse. Now, why do I use lighthouses as an analogy? Why do I use lighthouses as a branding? Simply put for me, lighthouses are a reminder that when they are built, they are built to stand the test of time and forever. And in all of our research over the years, we've actually only ever found one lighthouse that was like documented and built temporarily with the goal of building it temporarily and bringing it down. But the rest have been in existence and still are. And I was actually looking at purchasing three of them last week because they are going up from auction for the government. Um, but the, the longest standing lighthouse has been in existence and running, I think, for 1100 years and has only been turned off twice when they went from whale blubber to kerosene and kerosene to electricity. And so when you find your spark, when you find your ignition, these are the things we talk about uh, with future self-journaling, like with Benjamin Hardy's books or uh, Nicola Perra's book, Do the Work, or uh, Vivid Vision with Cameron Harold. It's getting crystal clear on where you want to go in the future and then the skills required underneath it all. And then when you have the vision or the clarity or even a little bit of it, that, that spark, that curiosity, that's the ignition that drives the practice. Okay. And so an example of like ignition could be someone who encounters a problem in their daily life or in their community that deeply resonates with them. This problem ignites a fire within them, driving them to find innovative solutions and create a business that addresses that specific issue. The problem becomes their mission and their passion to make a positive impact that propels them to work tirelessly towards their entrepreneurial goals. So think about me. For my example is when I became an entrepreneur, I didn't set out to become a food blogger. 
I was struggling with bulimia for 15 years and I knew I needed to learn how to cook and I needed accountability. And so I started creating recipes and then posting them on Facebook to share them with people to hold myself accountable. And after about a year of doing that, I was very passionate about it because I was feeling better. It was my health. And then people wanted to start paying me money and it kind of became my job and my passion. And then I followed that spark and I drove it until it no longer lit me up. And I realized that I hated cooking, but I loved business and strategy. And so then I started all over again and became a consultant by taking all of the skills that I developed through the food blog, web design, marketing, social media, email. And then I wanted to learn a new game. And so I started teaching those to people how I did it and then teaching it a different way. And I just used food to see what I did before. And then now that's been my current obsession since then that I don't foresee myself getting off of. But that's uh, some examples of my ignition moments. Um, some other ones, like I have so many friends uh, that have started companies because they needed a specific product that didn't exist on the market. And it was a very big pain point in their life, or they had a pet that needed a specific thing that they couldn't get. And so this could be things in the entrepreneurial world, or this could be things in your regular life. Like, let's say you've never been to a comedy show. Like, I love going to comedy shows. They're one of my favorite things. You've never been to a comedy show. And then all of a sudden, you end up at a comedy show. And for the first time, you laugh, you enjoy it. And then you're thinking about comedy shows. And it kind of got this spark in you, right? That's the ignition. And it maybe created curiosity for you to go find that comic or go find other shows or Maybe you used to play tennis and then your friend convinced you to come play pickleball. And then once you realized how fun it is, then you started doing that, right? Or maybe you've always worked out one way and then your friend invites you out to Montana to go on a nature hike and all of a sudden you get bit by the nature hike bug and that becomes your deep practice, right? So those are moments of ignition. So ignition represents that moment when a genuine interest evolves into a burning passion. It's the point when you become deeply deeply committed and motivated to pursue excellence in a particular field or venture. Ignition acts as a guiding light, shaping your journey, whether entrepreneurial or life, and giving you a sense of purpose and direction. And we talk about guiding lights and customer journeys, and that also applies here, especially when I talk about the movable middle. Uh, for those that haven't listened to any of the podcasts on marketing, and you're just here for this podcast, uh, when I talk about the book, The Catalyst, in that chapter, Distance, we talk about the movable middle, and that's how we build customer journeys. But that's also how we get into deep practice and keep that ignition spark going so that we don't get overwhelmed. And so by recognizing and nurturing your ignition, you can tap into a wellspring of energy, enthusiasm, and determination that will fuel your entrepreneurial endeavors. So why is this so, so, so important? Understanding and nurturing your ignition is, is actually the like most important required skill that you have for success. Because when you're truly passionate about what you do, which I know all of you are, anybody listening to this is, it fuels your motivation, perseverance, and ability to overcome challenges. It keeps you driven on your goals, even during difficult times. But why is this so, so, so important? Because in the world of business and entrepreneurship, it's so easy to fall back in the trap of scarcity. And scarcity shows up so many different ways. I have to get this client. I have to work here. I have to do blank. I have to. And all these have tos start showing up. And I should. And I have to. And then what ends up happening is we end up emptying our tank. And the thing that used to give us ignition isn't getting filled up anymore. It's draining out the bottom. And then we're trying to operate empty 
and it continually gets worse and worse and worse. And it's a massive, massive cycle. And when we get triggered, when we get into uh, massive amounts of stress, we don't remember our plans. We don't remember what we wrote down. We default to our level of training. That is something that we had in the military that I understand wholeheartedly through life experience and now is the secret to all coaching is we fall back to our level of training. And the reason that deep practice matters and the talent code matters, and then the consistency and commitment to it matters is because it allows you to keep that ignition and that spark full, focusing one bite at a time and irregardless of what's happening around you, continuing to sharpen your edge or shape that muscle for lack of better terms, to be able to process those moments clearly, respond and get through them. And so when you really, really start to operate in your business from a place of ignition, right? Or in your life from a place of ignition, from where you want to go, not from where you are, the fuel source becomes unlimited. And and I remember what this looked like for me. Most of my life, I set out to prove everybody wrong based on my childhood, based on all my wounds, based on everything. So when I went to boot camp, I had to be first. I had to be first. I had to be first. When I was in the Marine Corps, I had to be the first at everything. I had to be the best at everything. And even when I became an entrepreneur, I had to be the best at everything. The only challenge was, is that about 12 times I kept hitting a ceiling and I would literally get successful and then I would keep going at what I thought was the same pace and things would get easy and then it would stop working. And it would stop working because I would start breaking stuff because I didn't know how to operate from a place of the future. I only knew how to operate from who I didn't want to be. But eventually that fuel source runs out and limits you. And I just kept smacking that ceiling, bankruptcy, close to that, uh, hard financial situations, massive depression, weight gains, weight losses. It It was absolutely insane. And it wasn't until I truly understood what this ignition concept means and what deep practice means. And so for me, that's the personal way and why this is so, so, so important. But with it, you'll be able to tap into your creative potential, right? When you're passionate about your work, you're more likely to think outside of the box, come up with innovative ideas and create unique solutions for your business. You want the secret to creating things like Get Different talks about is fuel your ignition. So Mike McAllister's book, Get Different, is an incredible book on literally thousands of ways that you can stand out where everybody says that you can't. And then you have um, in Alex Ramosi's book, $100 million offers, he teaches people the difference between convergent and divergent thinking. And convergent thinking is linear, right? A plus B plus C, which is not how life or ideas operate. It's divergent, right? It's it's a series of systems and dots. But when we're under stress, when we are not in practice, when we don't practice these muscles, what ends up happening is that we default to linear thinking. And then we can't find creative ideas and we can't get out of them and we don't have this practice to go back to. And so that's why this is so, so, so important because it allows you in those moments when things get hard to be able to pause and then change your perspective to find the solutions and find the ideas that you typically wouldn't be able to if you didn't have the practice. And so you can also sustain motivation a lot more because Ignition provides you with consistent And I mean consistent motivation needed to stay committed and persistent. Because I'm going to tell you this. I know this from being in the military. Motivation does not exist. Commitment does. What I define motivation is, is having daily evidence of my commitments, irregardless of how I felt. And then I look at that and realize I can do it again. That's how I get motivated. 
And in the book, The Gap in the Gain, they also talk about this. And so when you're working from ignition, you can measure your progress because it's based on the integrity of your inputs, not necessarily the result. And you can see yourself grow and stay focused no matter what's happening in the race. And so the secret to creating consistency in your business and in your life, even if you don't want to, is by fueling your ignition, which we're talking about today. And so when I talk about the wedge of expectations, which I've talked about numerous times, it's linked below this, it's linked in on multiple shows, in the wedge of expectation, that entire model is designed to sustain your ignition. So even when things get hard and we feel like everything's over and it feels like that in that moment, in that one second where we realize it's not, we have the littlest bites to take to get our ignition and that spark alive and to keep that pilot light alive so we don't self-sabotage and slash the other three tires just because we got one, okay? And so then with that and through deep practice and thinking like this and operating like this, you start to find your true authenticity and fulfillment because all too often we get stuck in the trap of, okay, this is who I want to be. This is the business I want to run. And we forget that we change as human beings every day. Our life changes. We have dogs. We move. We have kids. We have families. We get married. We get divorced. We go into business. We lose business. We change careers. We change hobbies. We have different experiences that happen in our life. And in order to truly find your talent, you have to be willing to try new things over and over and check in with your spark and then see what reignites it and gets it back in because that's you constantly authentically finding who you are and what lights you up. And so when you ignite your passion, it allows you to align your behaviors, your business endeavors, and your life with your true interests and values. Now, that doesn't mean that you get to do it all the time. Like if I had my way, I wouldn't do Zoom calls and meetings. And right now they're a necessary means and I've found a way to like make them fun and enjoyable for me. But they are still aligned with me getting to do what I want to do, which is to coach people and help people and hone my talent. And so they're like a tool that I use. But it allows me, when I know what lights my passion and lights my fuel, and then to see that there's times that there's games that I have to play, like Zoom calls or going to meetings or flying and traveling a lot when sometimes I don't want to, I can see that that's a path. And even though that feels hard and it feels resistant, I know that it ignites me. It's aligned because I practice it. And so it allows me to stay consistent, which allows me to create results. And then over time, I've gotten to the point where now I have this beautiful studio in Montana. A lot of people fly out here more, but I kind of had to earn the right for them to get here. And the studio as it sits right now is about 90% complete. And it's taken me three years to build it. And I've built it piece by piece. It started with one studio and now it's five. And as I learned that I didn't want to travel more and I wanted to keep consulting and I wanted to keep having people come and learn things, I started to build out my space to allow that to happen. And then the first thing was a conference room and then models went up and then people started coming out one at a time. And then I started bringing out four or five people, which meant I didn't have to fly to those companies anymore. And then when they were here, I was like, wow, we should record a podcast. So then I built a podcast studio in here piece by piece. But if I had sat down and said, all right, here's what I want to do in three years, I would have changed this office 75 times. And now I know that it's basically going to stay like this. And I love it. I am madly in love with it. And I look at it five years in the future from now. And I'm like, God, I want it to look exactly like this. And that might change. But if I set out with that plan, I would have never made progress. I wouldn't have chunked it down. 
And so when you start to understand this, you start to realize that this applies everywhere. And so I want to get into the how of this because I think this is most likely the biggest lesson that I had to take out of all of this. And I love when somebody as talented as this author, Daniel, in this book can put science and credibility and all the validation to the things that have worked for me that I couldn't articulate and that my friends as well. And when we find these gems that we have to share them because it it makes me feel so good and then reminds me of the things that I should get back to doing or get to get back to doing every single day. And so when it comes to discovering and fueling your ignition, it involves introspection and exploration. And so what that means is the premise of everything that we teach is that the most important relationship that you have is the one with yourself. And the only way to win is to have an integrous relationship with it, meaning you have to be willing to sit with yourself. You have to be willing to sit with your emotions. You have to be willing to ask what it is that's triggering you, not who in the world is upset or no, like what's happening in me? Why am I upset? What's missing in my life? Why do I feel empty? We have to be willing to have this integrous relationship with this vehicle that's ours because every one of those places that's out of alignment or out of integrity is a check engine light. And if we pretend that that check engine light isn't important, we're going to end up losing our life and losing our vehicle in one way, shape, or form. Our happiness, our joy, and, and the, the collateral damage is, is incredibly deep. And it's not a hard thing. I realized after six or seven years of convincing myself that I was broken and I couldn't do it anymore, that I was seeing it all the wrong way. And there was one particular thing that a therapist said to me. Um, and I was running around for about a year saying, I'm just not human. I'm alien. I shouldn't be alive. I'm just numb. I have no feelings. And one therapist looked me dead in the eye and she said, numb is a feeling. And it kind of broke down my paradigm of like everything that I thought and how I had convinced myself. But what was happening is that when I would start to feel emotions, I would just label it as that's my PTSD or that's my thing. And I didn't know how to process it. So I would just turn that into working out or turn it into anything. And I would just numb myself out. And I forgot how to feel because I couldn't sit with the feelings. And I realized that it, I couldn't sit with it just because I wouldn't name them. And I started to recognize once that behavior shifted that I never had to change anything. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so angry. Here's the 25 things I need to do. It's like, wow, I'm angry. It's okay to be angry. And I say this because one of the most powerful practices that we use and that we give almost every single one of our clients, yep, everyone, we do it at every event. Uh, is a stillness practice. And it's like five minutes a day. And all it is is five minutes a day of tuning your radio dial into sitting with what your feelings are and just being okay with sitting with them and doing nothing with it. But I'm going to keep harping this, that there is no one other than you. No one is coming to build your vision. Nobody is putting a brick down but you. Nobody is getting funding for you. Nobody is going to make you lose the weight. Nobody is going to get you to build the business. Nobody is going to write the emails for you. Nobody is going to hire the staff. Nobody is going to train them. Nobody, 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 nobody but you. And no matter which way you slice it, even if you hire coaches and you pay people to do it, unless you are paying them to come replace you, it is still always going to be on you. Your responsibility, you, which means in order to win that game, you are required to have the most deeply connected, integrous relationship with yourself over everybody else, or you're basically setting yourself up to fail and tying your hands and feet behind your back. And so what that looks like is different for everybody. But if I'm land, if this is landing and what I'm saying is true for you, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. You need to start spending time with yourself 
and exploring your thoughts and exploring your emotions. And so here are a couple ways, uh, four ways that we listed out that you can start to do this. But I'm going to tell you that it's about consistency over everything. The whole purpose of this book, the whole purpose of this series, the whole purpose of everything that we coach and everything that we teach is consistency over the grandest scale of time with behaviors that are guaranteed to make you win no matter what. And having a practice every day and a focus of every day, not like one hour a week, but like every day as in many moments as I can find to have this relationship with myself and to deepen this practice and to sharpen that sword or to flex that muscle, whichever analogy you want to use, is your guaranteed path to success. And so here's number one way. Number one, how? Self-reflection. Actually set time aside for yourself in your calendar, not as a byproduct, not as an after everything else, but a as myself first. Set time for yourself and reflect on your interests, values, and experiences. Like what subjects or activities have consistently excited you? If you sit down and you think about the last year, list out every single thing that has brought you joy that you want to do again, that you keep putting off and like list them out. Like what do you genuinely enjoy doing? Okay, I want you to do this and and I'm going to invite you to a stillness practice, right? And this is for you and just you. And so this is derived from Keith Cunningham in the book, The Road Less Stupid with his thinking time. But what I want you to do is I want you to write on a top of a piece of paper, self-reflection and write out a couple of questions that I've given you or some of your own all around joy, happiness and things that fill your bucket. Okay, so what are the interests that I love doing the most? What are the values that are the most important to me? What experiences in the last year have brought me the most joy? What's the one thing I miss doing the most that would make me happy right now? What are the top three things I love doing in my business every day? And I want you to just write some of these questions out. And then I want you to put them on the top of a piece of paper. And I want you to intentionally open your calendar as a priority over everything else early in your day, whether it's a five-minute chunk or 10-minute chunk. And I want you to do it consistently until you can fill that paper out and it brings you joy and you feel complete. That might take one day. It might take three days. It might take eight days. It doesn't matter. It's that you continue to have a relationship with it until it's complete. And so that's my first invitation for two. Number two, the second way. I love this way. I call this toe tapping. This is why I'm so dangerous at so many different things. Exploration. Engage in various experiences try new things and expose yourself to different fields or industries. This matters everywhere in life. The moment you think you know, you no longer know. One of my favorite quotes, uh, and it's been derived from a few people and we kind of turned it into our own, but I think the original way that I heard it is a student says, I already know, and a master says, thanks for the reminder. The moment you're romantic about how you do things, you're already losing. You just don't realize it yet. You have to continually explore. You have to be curious. You have to try new things. It helps you uncover new passions and identify different areas that resonate with you. This is for the entrepreneur who already has their passion, maybe who hasn't found it, maybe feels a creative block, maybe is looking for inspiration. It's basically for anybody. Maybe you're fully ignited in what you do, but then you're so committed to being fully ignited, you might be missing a spark that you haven't tried anywhere else. Some of my best ideas for me, um, 
come when I go hiking. So I'm actually going hiking today. I'm bummed. I was bummed because three days ago I went to go hiking and I was going to get to the top of the mountain and I got to a mile from the trailhead and there was still four feet of snow and I only had running shoes. So that wasn't happening. Um, but today I came prepared and I brought like my deep mountain snow boots because I'm going to the top of that mountain. But one of my favorite things is to just set a timer and be like, I'm going to hike out for three hours and then come back for three hours. And I just sit there in silence and I have the best ideas that I've ever had, but then I have to try them. And this is how some funny things in my life have happened. This is how I started skydiving. This is how I went scuba diving. Uh, when I took a dance class, when, um, I took an improv class, um, God, when I started golfing, snowboarding, hobbies that I've done, uh, cooking, actually civilized caveman. Like, uh, the only reason I ever ended up on national media was because when I had a food blog, someone emailed me from a local news station. They're like, have you ever done a cooking segment or would you be interested in doing one? And I was like, oh yeah, I've been doing it in my kitchen all the time. I'm totally prepared because I've been doing uh, like mini videos, but I'd never done one. It scared the shit out of me. And I ended up cooking banana bread on Fox News. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can go on national TV and ended up doing that. I would never do that again, but I ended up getting up to Creative Live uh, in San Francisco and filming cooking shows and ended up building a kitchen that <laughs> in my house that was made to film TV shows, which we did for cooking shows and all because we just said yes and we try something. And so I want you to try to explore everywhere. Maybe that's trying a new hobby, right? Maybe you've been working out the same way. Try something new. Maybe you should go to a painting class. I love those, by the way. I've been doing those. Uh, going to those classes where they teach you how to paint, like kind of by the numbers with wine, but I don't drink wine, so I drink anymore. So I just do it for fun. But I do pottery with my daughter, which I thought I would not enjoy. And then my favorite thing is I got to buy a sculpture off the wall and then I got to paint it. And then I don't get to see the result for a week. And uh, it's actually been really fun. And so it's awesome to try new things. But no matter which way you slice it, exploration should be a part of your day every single day, even in small areas, saying good morning to people differently, driving a different way. Today, I decided to sit in the other chair in my studio because why not? I don't, I don't know why not. I'll drive a different way home today. But use exploration as a way to find what lights you up and don't be afraid to toe tap and be like, I don't like that water and don't go back into it. But then three months later, if you're feeling called back, get back into it. That's been my relationship with ice baths. So that's what I use for example. Number three, follow curiosity. Pay attention to subjects, tasks, or challenges that pique your curiosity and follow those paths and dive deeper into them as they may lead you to your true passion. This also applies to entrepreneurs or people who currently feel stuck or in a rut. Sometimes your light starts to dim and the best way to reignite it is by going back and exploring and following your curiosity. The undertow of all of these things when it comes to anything is progress and momentum. And you'll realize under trauma work, under therapy, under behavioral books, atomic habits, personal development books, coaching books, consciousness books, the talent code, this book. Any time that we aren't feeling good, every one of these things basically tells you to get into action in something new instead of something from the past. And so this book is another way of saying the same thing, but this is also why the wedge of expectations comes in, right? And so I think this is amazing because this is a fun part when you do it just out of curiosity, but when you're really, really triggered, it can also help you process, get clarity, or see your situations a little bit differently. But one of the things that's funny is I never wanted to be a public speaker. I never wanted to be a coach. I had no um, mind, job, career set out on speaking or teaching. 
I've never uh, been trained to speak. I've never taken a keynote class. Um, I was just a Marine and then I was a food blogger. And in the middle of food blogging, live streaming became a thing. And once live streaming became a thing, I just started talking on video and then people started having me on podcasts and I just started answering questions on podcasts. And then people were like, would you speak? And I'm like, yeah, I'll totally speak. Um, but what's so funny is my whole life, I've been obsessed with listening to like freestyle rap and I love watching music shows like The Voice and American Idol. Um, but I can't sing and I've actually taken singing lessons and they laughed at me and they're like, we could get you to sound okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, but I've always resonated with it and felt musical, but I don't like writing. Uh, I tried some instruments. I tried the drums for a while and I couldn't really get into it. But what ended up happening is I consumed all that content, like Harry Mack I've been consuming way before it was popular, old freestyle raps, blind fury, like spoken word poetry. And I would just love listening to how people spoke. And when I spoke, it always helped me process and bring clarity to things. And so over the years, it was just something that happened and I just consumed all that content. And then it's really funny now because in what I do every day, I even describe what I do as an orchestra. I love speaking. It feels like music to me. And all the things that I've been consuming over the years have been things to help me think creatively off the top of my mind and not have to write things down. And I still don't write talks down. I still don't um, write most podcasts down for book reviews like this. I do so that we have notes and anchors for you or else we go forever. But any of my own content, my ideas, and even at my events, I come off the top of my head and it's really, really interesting because now looking back, I can see how it totally, totally evolved, but I wonder what would have happened if I didn't just keep watching all those music shows unapologetically and literally like putting them on and like watching American Idol on flights and like listening to people sing and their stories. And I don't know, it's, it's really, really interesting. And so I invite you to follow curiosity everywhere that you can. And then the fourth one, and this one I think is the most important one, surround yourself. Surround yourself with like-minded individuals who share your passion or are experts in your field of interest. And this could be in business, this could be in life. Their energy, insights, and expertise can further ignite and nurture your passion. This is for everyone, regardless of where you are in your journey. Surrounding yourself with others is why I host events. It's why all my friends that I look up to come and speak at my events. Uh, my staff comes to those events. We do these things because I always want to be surrounded by incredible people. Uh, incredible people that are reminding me of what's possible and how to see the world and how to find my heart and how to choose joy and how to think bigger. And it's really, really, I talk about environmental design all the time, but when you're constantly surrounded by people that are operating how you want to operate, it kind of eradicates the oxygen for your excuses just by osmosis. And so for me, even in our model, the SOS model, the reason in that model I have the inner circle of those nine people is those are the nine people that hold you accountable to your potential, but they don't believe your story, right? They're not interested in the facts. They're interested in your feelings and how you're going to recover and get back in the game. And then they hold you accountable to that. And I'm going to tell you right now that I, you can pick any book. You can go read T. Harv Eker. You can go to Napoleon Hill. You can go to all the greats all the way till now and you pick any book that has any semblance of content that helps you be successful, and you will hear the same thing echoed over and over. You are who you surround yourself with, right? You are the sum of the five people that you're closest with. You take that, you add that to your entire environment, and you are a dangerous weapon because the people around you are only about 5% of the game. Your computer, your consumption, the movies, the music, the TV, everything you watch, you listen to, and you consume is the rest of it. But it starts with those five or those nine 
or whatever that is for you, because they're also probably not watching Netflix. They're probably not just sitting there on the couch. They're probably up to things or working on themselves or working in their mind. And so the more that you can surround yourself with that, the better. And especially when you're getting times of stuck. Like one of the things I love about our events is that they're even a catalyst for me. They're like this, this pin marker every single time where we all come into a room together. We're all committed to the same thing. We're all growing, myself included. We're all learning, myself included. And then we leave fully ready and our bucket full to go back into the world until the next event or the next moment. And they're incredible, but you will never succeed alone. There's no point in doing this behind closed doors. Community is the secret. Your friends, your team, the people around you, the more people that are involved in your journey, the more likely you are to succeed. And you have to understand the more accountable they're going to hold you and the more accountable you're going to be your success, the more accountable you're going to be to yourself, which is what we want. We want to be successful. We want to be sharpened. We want to be better. And the moment we think there's a finish line, we've already lost a game. And so we have to fall in love with it. And you have to fall in love with yourself every single day. Have curiosity. Surround yourself with positive people who see your potential, not your past. Explore new things. Create time for yourself. Create reflection time. Ask yourself some questions. Dive into your passions. Go get some new hobbies. Find your spark every day so that you're operating from who you want to be instead of who you were. And when you find yourself out, just take a bite from the future again. And this is my analogy. If I take a thousand bites a day, in the very beginning, as long as I take one bite from the future, out of those 999 in the back, I made progress. Tomorrow, though, I got to take at least two bites. And eventually, I will get to a point where I'm taking more bites from the future than I am of the past. And I doubt I will ever get to a place where I'm taking 100% of bites from the future. But for me, as long as I'm 51% in the future and 49% in the past, I'm making progress. And I think that that's how we win. So that's how I'm going to wrap today's podcast. So here's what I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend you dedicate 15 minutes for self-reflection this week, regardless of where you are in your journey. Taking 15 minutes to be in silence will help you gain clarity and give you an opportunity to reignite your passion. Talk about, so with this one, what I want you to think about, I wrote talk about, we wrote talk about, but think about, I want you to think about diving all the way back into your relationship with yourself in this space. Like what truly makes you happy? Like in your day, in your thoughts, in your moments, like what genuinely fills your bucket, not the world bucket, not who the world wants you to be, but like who you want to be. Like if nobody was around and I said, Hey, you have seven days to yourself and you can choose what you do. Like, what are some of those things? And I want you to get really, really honest with yourself so that you can start to put things into practice that will help you fill that bucket because awareness is the first step and then it's acceptance and then it's action on a new behavior and then it's attitude of gratitude so that we can stick them in. But we'll talk about that another day. So that's what I have for you today. Uh, I loved this episode. I know this one was a little long, but I think it's so prevalent and so worth it. And I actually enjoyed it. So have a beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always be the algorithms. I will see you in the next episode. You will hear me in your earballs. If you're watching this just uh, for the talent code part, you should probably go listen to the rest of the podcast. And if you do, I love you all. And yep, thanks for being in my family. Have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George Show. 
please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.